getting all worked up over nothing. Well, it's easy for you to say. When you didn't hear Lori Strode screaming about how Michael Myers is still out there and how he's coming to get her. Tell the sheriff I shot him. Hmm. Tell him he's still on the loose. Was that a Halloween joke? <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we made it. Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macmastunas. How's everybody doing today? Doing great. Welcome to a very, very special episode. Something I've never done before, and I thought it would be the perfect way of doing it would be on Halloween for a very special movie, Halloween 2, the TV cut. Uh, this is something I kind of had in my mind a couple weeks ago when I purchased the very special uh, two-disc collector's edition Blu-ray and I thought to myself I don't think anybody's ever reviewed the TV version of Halloween 2 and uh, I remember it being different when I was a kid but I didn't realize just how different it really was until I actually sat down and watched it and there's a lot of differences in the TV version than in the theatrical version so I thought it'd be a really good idea to do a podcast episode on that But I wanted it to be special where I wasn't announcing it to you guys. So it would just kind of show up and I was going to release it on Halloween. So that's what I'm doing. Now, again, I said this is a very special episode. So what that means is we're not going to do any movie news, no music news. We're not going to do any music spotlight, no emails. Uh, You didn't know about this episode, so I wasn't expecting anything. This is just going to be a straight up review of the overall uh, movie itself, along with all the changes that have been done in the movie. And uh, my overall feel for it, and then also just kind of touch base a little bit about the Blu-ray and why you should go check it out. So that is what this special episode is all about. So hopefully you dig it. Uh, I'm very excited to do this, and I think I'll be the only one to have an episode like this. I looked on iTunes. There's a lot of reviews for Halloween 2, but there I didn't find any for the TV version. So hopefully I'll be the first one to do this, and that'll be kind of cool. So again, very special episode. You're not going to get the typical normal format of movie and music news and the music spotlight and emails. Uh, That will be on the next episode. So let's get right to it and uh, let's get into the TV cut of uh, Halloween 2. Goblins, werewolves, vampires. They're not real, but he is a real nightmare. Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Pleasance. It's the night he came home. Halloween 2, Thursday at 8 on Channel 17. Parental discretion advised. All right, guys, so for this review of Halloween 2, the TV cut, I'm essentially going to break it down. There's a lot of differences between the TV cut and the theatrical version that you know and that you love. Now, the biggest difference in this version versus what you have seen in the theatrical version, there's a lot of added scenes. There's a lot of uh, scenes that you know but are changed and go in a different order 
or there's scenes that are reused over again. Now, unlike the Halloween TV version, the John Carpenter's TV version, that one is, you know, like I said, is my favorite in my review I did a long time ago. That the TV cut was my favorite because I actually have a very special DVD. It's called uh, the Extended Edition, which includes the TV cuts, but you also get the original film. So you get all the swearing and, you know, all that other good stuff. But it, it helps... Uh, make the film so much better now they didn't do that with halloween 2 they just gave you the flat out tv cut they didn't like mix it in with the you know give it the whole blu-ray transfer and all that other good stuff the blu-ray looks amazing for the regular edition uh, essentially you got two discs in the set and this was uh this isn't the one that was done about a year ago this is the very special scream factory edition it's two discs just came out it's got really awesome artwork on it. it's got michael myers face with the blood coming down and you got jamie lee curtis and uh dr loomis on there and michael myers in the middle it's supposed to it looks really kind of real old school like real kind of wrinkled up and stuff is how the picture looks it's awesome so this is the version that i'm talking about just came out uh, about a month ago and there's so much stuff on here. There's uh, commentaries, there's documentaries, there's deleted scenes, there's TV spots, theatrical trailers, the works, which I'll get into uh, when I get done with this. So uh, for the TV edition, you got two discs. You got the one, which was the Blu-ray. The other side was the TV edition. So some people were a little bit upset that the TV edition didn't get the full treatment like the Blu-ray. But the thing is, it was filmed differently in like a different ratio, so therefore they couldn't do that. And then also, this is the first time this has ever been released. You either had to be lucky enough to catch it on AMC or whatever channel was showing the TV edition. They don't always show this edition. They very rarely do. Uh, back in the early 90s, they did. But uh, it's been at least six or seven years since I've seen the TV edition be on TV. It's normally the theatrical version with just the stuff cut out. So that was the biggest highing selling point for me to buy this Blu-ray set. And I had a lot of problems buying this movie because on eBay was the only place I could find this movie. Walmart didn't even get it. Nobody around me got it. I had to go on eBay and I bought the Blu-ray and they sent me the flipping DVD. So then I had to send it back and wait another two weeks before I finally got it myself, uh, the copy of the Blu-ray. And the Blu-ray is really cool because you get the special artwork, but then when you flip, when you open it, you can flip the cover around and get the actual uh, poster art as it would normally look uh, when it first came out on VHS. So it's really, really cool looking. I, and that's the one with like the pumpkin that looks real evil and stuff. So it's flipping great. But uh, in regards to the things that have changed, right off the bat, the very beginning of the movie starts off with the Halloween theme song. You cut right to it. It goes right to the credits. There's not the opening of Mr. Sandman. It's just, bam, you go right to the credits with the Halloween theme song. And uh, and things just kick off. So as soon as the credits are over, then you get the Mr. Sandman song kicks in and you get the, you know, what happened at the end of the film. So just the way you're normally used to seeing it open, that's when that part kicks in. Now, now the scene that you're used to seeing when Dr. Loomis goes outside to check the 
Michael Myers isn't there, has the blood on his hand, the neighbor comes out and starts to talk to him about, you know, I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. And Dr. Loomis says, you don't know what death is. And then the theme kicks in. Well, they change it here. He says, is this some kind of Halloween joke? And then Dr. Loomis doesn't say anything. He just takes off running. And then they play the Halloween theme song, which then kicks in right to Lori coming out of the house. So we don't get to see where normally Michael Myers would, you know, after the credits, they show him walking. And then you see, you know, Dr. Loomis, uh, you know, Michael Myers is in the alley. He looks and sees Dr. Loomis get in the sheriff's car, take off. And that's when he goes to the neighbors to get the knife. That whole scene doesn't even happen for like another five or six minutes. What you see is, is Lori's coming out of the house, just like you're normally used to seeing. But once they put her in the ambulance, Jimmy starts to talk to her and says, you know, Lori, Lori, can you hear me? And he's like, I'm going to, and then he tells her, I'm going to take you, we're going to take you to the clinic. And that's when you then get the normal scene of, do you know her? And that's when Jimmy will say, yeah, this is Lori Strode. So there's a lot of dialogue that has been added to this movie. There's a lot of different, uh, there's only one particular scene that I actually feel hurts the film. But all this extra dialogue that I will eventually talk about that is added definitely enhances the film, I think. It's pretty good because it definitely um, it, it fills a lot of holes that I thought were in the original movie that are kind of like, ah, so that's why that scene happened. So, again, that's why I wanted to do this discussion because with so many little differences, it makes a big difference in the film overall. So after, you know, Jimmy explains... Uh, you know to bud who laurie is then this is where all of a sudden loomis is in the car with sheriff brackett so you don't get to see the scene where michael myers looks down the alley sees dr loomis like i shot him six times i shot him in the heart you know that that whole scene that everybody loves that dialogue that's not in this particular version just dr loomis is just right in the car with sheriff brackett and then we get to the scene where uh we get to Ben Tramer. So in reality, we don't even see Michael Myers. We don't see him until after Ben Tramer gets hit with the truck. It's when uh, he gets hit by the truck. They uh, actually, at this point, start to play the Halloween theme music. That's when the other uh, deputy tells Sheriff Brackett that they caught Annie. And he's like, okay, I'll drive. And they get into the car. And all of a sudden, we're to the very beginning of the film where Michael, where you're seeing Michael Myers walk. They cut out the scene where he's looking down the alley because it wouldn't make sense for Dr. Loomis to get into the vehicle. So they cut that out and just replace it with the dog barking. But the dog barking lasts longer than it normally does in the theatrical version. So they, they kind of change the music up a little bit when he goes to the old people's house to grab his knife. Uh, what was really good though is, is after he gets his knife, I always thought that this was kind of a random kill where he goes into that girl's house and then he like stabs her in the neck and there's blood all over. They cut that out. I mean, they show where she's outside and then she goes back on the phone and talks. They just show Michael Myers looking at her and then they cut the scene. So it, at that point, you don't know that Michael Myers has killed her. So they cut that out, which is good because I've never really, I always thought that scene was a little bit dumb because it was just so random. So it's good that that scene was cut out, which obviously makes sense because it's the TV version. But it also shows that Michael didn't just go and kill that girl because she didn't get in his way. That's usually his MO. If you get in his way, he's going to kill you. If you stay out of his way or you're not his family member, you're you're pretty much safe. 
All right, so now this is where we start to get the uh, more dialogue. This is when, uh, you know, Lori is being wheeled into the hospital, and uh, you hear Janet say, that's Lori Strode. And you all know the scene where they're going to put Lori to sleep. Well, there's actually a little bit of talk where um, what it's kind of weird because um, after they give Lori the shot to knock her out, they start to undress her, which they don't do in the theatrical version, which you would think in a TV version, it would be the opposite. You would think in the real version, they would start to undress her and then they would cut it out of the TV version. But instead, they reversed it and put their, the undressing scene in there. And then, you know, Mrs. Ellis is telling Jimmy and Bud to, that they basically have to leave. So after that scene you'll have uh, Jimmy come up to Janet and talk to her about Lori and uh, just say, is she going to have a scar? And she talks about how, you know, Dr. Minster gave her a quote-unquote double bullet. Then they actually cut to the doctor, which, as you all know, he was kind of drunk when you saw him for the first time when, you know, they put Lori out. But they spent a lot more time with the doctor in this version. The doctor is kind of sitting there just kind of telling himself he did everything right. He's like, oh, I don't think... I don't think she'll have a scar and he's trying to convince himself that he did the right thing by giving her the right amount of dosage and everything because he's drunk. He's trying to convince himself he did the right thing. And then that's when he talks about how Lori's parents were at the same party that he was at. So that sets up the parents talk for later on in the film that you're normally used to seeing. All right. Now there's uh, various differences in regards to background noise. If you remember when you first are introduced to, you know, Mr. Garrett, when he's sitting behind the desk and he's uh, not watching the video and there's Michael Myers uh, in the videotape walking behind the hospital, that scene is normally quiet. He's at that point in the theatrical version, he's watching TV. However, a news report actually you can hear where it says that, you know, Michael Myers was burned uh, and they basically talk about him getting hit by the truck and just talk about him being burned, but still to be on the lookout, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of added things like that throughout the film, which is a really nice touch. It's pretty cool. Now, there's something that I learned from the special features and uh, that's uh, Janet when she's sitting at her break, you know, talking to Bud about how Michael Myers is so creepy and that her friend saw him the other day. And he's like, oh, she's full of crap, you know, but he says the other word. Uh, she had a scar on her face because in the theatrical version, she's the one that gets the needle in the head. And then, you know, the air bubble goes in and she dies after she sees Dr. Minster has the uh, needle in his eye. Uh, that whole scene, that whole section, that's cut out. That is not in this film. But she talks about how during that scene, she fell, she cracked her head open and there was blood all over because she hit a prop too hard. And she begged the director to keep it in the film. However, he didn't. But she, after she got stitched up, she had to film that scene. So that's why you only see her from one particular angle because she has a scar above her eye during that scene. So it's pretty cool trivia that she talked about. It was pretty awesome. But what I love about this scene in the TV version, we all know back in the day when there was swearing that you had some other person that never sounded anything like the actor overdub them and use some stupid word to go over the swear word, you know? So like in this case, uh, when he says Judy's full of, instead of saying the S word, he says sugar. But here's what's cool about this. It's the same voice actors when they're swearing in the movie, their voice, the, the real actor 
is going over their voice saying the TV line. So that's kind of cool. I like the fact that they didn't use some random actor to cover up these lines, which is pretty awesome. So this scene, this is where, you know, he says, Julie's full of sugar. And she's like, every other word you say is either hell, you know, and, and then, of course, they, they don't actually say what she says. And he goes, I guess I just, instead of F up, I guess I just file up, you know. And then uh, that that crazy song that he sings, you know, the real sexual Amazing Grace song. Well, they changed the words up to say, Amazing Grace, come show me your face. Uh, it ain't no lie. And then that's when Jimmy cuts him off. So they definitely clean up the words there which is definitely, you know, priceless. But again, the, this, the guy who plays Bud does his own voice dub, which is pretty cool. Now, after this, there's a scene where Jimmy starts to talk to Karen. And in the theatrical version, you just see Jimmy walking away from Karen. He walks down the hall and you see a door closing. But this explains that scene. It sets it up. Uh, Jimmy starts to walk down the hall. He starts talking to Karen about you know how he should go look for so and so and you see Michael Myers walking down to go into this particular door because he's at this point he's going to go shut the power off they actually show you show you know have him turn the power off which they didn't show in the theatrical version and then you see Jimmy walk down the hall and the door is closing so that was pretty cool that it kind of sets up how why the where that door all of a sudden came from being open and starting to close but i mean you knew it was michael myers but again it's more dialogue between jimmy and janet just talking about you know the whole situation with michael myers and everything and then uh, we start to see another scene. This is where uh, Mrs. Ellis, you know, the head nurse, she's on the phone and she says, can I talk to Mr. or Mrs. Morgan Strode? So this is where you find out what Lori's parents' names are, well, at least the, the father, and how she starts to yell at Janet saying, you know, uh, you should have called them right away, right away. You know, and she's like, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry. So she starts to go off. Now, Jimmy starts to come around in the background and just say, you know, cover for me. But she heard that and said, you have two minutes. So this is when Jimmy goes to see Lori for essentially it's the second time. You know, the first time he was in the room with her and just says, you know, can I get you anything? You know, a, a Coke, whatever. Well, he's here to deliver on that promise, which you didn't see before where Jimmy walks in and he's like, Lori, are you awake? And then she rolls over and he's like, you know, I got a present for you and gives her the Coke. After the Coke is where you get the normal scene where they start to talk about how Michael Myers was the kid that was the guy that was after you was Michael Myers and that's where you get the normal scene. So they just add more to the beginning of that to kind of pay off the whole I'll grab you a Coke, which you didn't get to see before. Now, this particular scene... I'm not 100% sure if it's in the theatrical version because, you know, I've watched this one twice and I watched the theatrical version like two weeks ago. So I'm trying to go off of memory here, but there's a scene where Michael is walking out of a room and then all of a sudden it's like the that's when uh, Mrs. Ellis picks up the phone and she realizes it's dead and tells Lori it's nothing for her to worry about. I don't ever remember Michael walking out of a room and then all of a sudden she picks up the phone. It's just, you know, she picks up the phone, realizes it's dead. They actually show you that Michael had killed the phone lines. So I thought that was pretty awesome. All right, now here comes one of the biggest changes in the film. And I'm not sure if I like it or I don't. I'm kind of 50-50 on this. 
This is the scene where, you know, uh, Garrett goes to investigate. And this is where they, you know, they they do the whole like five minutes of him. Uh, you know, it's real quiet and supposed to be suspenseful. You know where the cat jumps out of the garbage can. And he realizes that uh, one of the locks has been broken. That somebody broke into the storage shed. And that's when he's trying to have Janet. You know, Janet can't figure out the walkie-talkie. They totally changed this scene up. It's when, after he's talked to Janet, says, you know, you got to get the sheriff down here right quick. All of a sudden, the music changes. Michael Myers opens a door and they start to play the Halloween themes. Not the Halloween theme song, but they do the doo-doo, doo-doo. You know, the real creepy music. So essentially, it's warning you that Michael Myers is about to kill this guy. Versus in a theatrical version, he just, you know, it's real quiet. He'll open the door, turn around, Michael Myers is there and kills him. Instead, this is changing it to be more suspenseful to where the music's building up. However, they're reusing footage. Remember at the end of the film when uh, Lori is running away from Michael and she's downstairs in the basement, the real freaky, scary elevator scene? They use the same footage where Michael Myers is walking down in the basement and they show his feet and then they show him go around uh, before they show his face light up to be like in the red light. And then uh, when Garrett closes the door and you would normally see Michael Myers pick up the hammer and, and put it in his head, they just show Michael Myers pick up the hammer and they cut the scene. So that kind of makes it more suspenseful. So like I said, I'm not sure if I like it better because it kind of takes away from the fact of you don't know where Michael Myers is going to be. And this is telling you, well, guess what? Michael Myers is coming to kill him. But the way it's done is done very suspenseful and the music helps to make it better so this scene i think i do like better than what's in the theatrical version so it's really cool you'll have to watch it and see for yourself how you feel about it if it's better or if you like the theatrical version better okay now we get to the scene that i do not like and i understand why it was cut and the reason why i don't like it is this makes jimmy come across as a complete and utter douchebag and that is because jimmy goes in and starts to talk to Lori and just say that michael myers died he got hit by a truck and he burned he's he burned in the fire jamie starts to tell jimmy that no he's he's still alive he's coming after me i gotta get out of here what does jimmy do he flipping he starts to restrain her and puts her arms above her head and just says nurse nurse and starts to call the nurse and have the doctor put her to sleep so you know how randomly Lori is just like he goes in the room and she's like comatose well that's because jimmy did it because he's an he's an ass essentially so i can totally see why they cut this out because this makes you not like jimmy because she's just like you know uh, please, Jimmy, please, you know, um, it just please help me. And this, of course, is when the lights die is during the scene where they're about ready to give her the drugs to knock her out. The lights die. And uh, the doctor says, well, we got to talk to Mr. Garrett about this. So when you see this scene, I think you'll be very happy that they cut this out because it definitely makes you not like Jimmy because he's all about caring for Lori. But all of a sudden she's trying to tell him that he is after me. You know, you got to get me out of here. And he just automatically just starts to strap her down like he doesn't even want to listen to her. He just all of a sudden became psycho. And it really pissed me off this scene. And I'm really glad it's cut because, man. I was not a fan of Jimmy after this scene. So this particular scene 
Maybe you'll like it, but I'm glad that it was actually officially cut at it because I'm pretty sure that this was filmed originally and they just cut it out. So then we cut to the uh, the scene where the dentist is examining, uh, you know, the teeth and says, you know, that's when they start talking about how, you know, he has no cavities and, you know, that's when they start to realize it's not Michael Myers. Well, uh, Donald Pleasance, a.k.a. Dr. Loomis, starts to have additional dialogue here. He starts to tell the police that we have to assume that Michael Myers is still alive and out there. That's why uh, immediately you'll notice that the cop had told the other deputy to go back out and start the search en- the search again for him because Dr. Loomis had said we have to assume Michael Myers is still alive. Because if you watch the theatrical version, the guy comes in and the, and the other cop, he tells him, well, go back out there and start the search part again. It's because Dr. Loomis had said, that uh, we have to assume that Michael Myers is still alive. Then we get an additional scene where both of them, they leave the dentist and they start to talk to each other and just say that, you know, uh, I grew up with, you know, I grew up with these kids. We're all family. You know, don't thank me. Help me to stop him. And uh, that's when Dr. Loomis says, well, uh, since he's wounded, the probably the first place he's going to go to is his home. And that's why Dr. Loomis and the cop show up at the Myers house. Now, they change things up a little bit here in this scene where you hear the cops talking to everybody. Because normally in the scene, you see everybody throwing the rocks through the windows and they just play the music. But the cop is saying that Mike Myers isn't here. We checked the house already. You know, blah, 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 blah. They start. He starts to really talk to everybody. And you couldn't... If they had it in the original, it was you wouldn't you weren't actually able to hear it. So uh, that was pretty cool that you actually got to hear this scene. Now, since this scene is cut, where Lori, you know, where Jimmy held down Lori and they put her out, this is where Karen and Janet start to talk, and uh, Janet starts to tell Karen how everything is creepy, and she goes, "Well, what are you talking about? That somebody broke into the storage room, and uh, you know." And then Karen says that, which is Pamela. Pamela Shoup's character, that's the one that gets drowned in the in the hot tub. Uh, she starts to say, you know, you're just working up yourself over nothing. And she goes, well, you didn't hear Lori screaming in there about how Michael Myers is after her and everything. And then she's just like, what do you mean? And she goes, it's just creepy. And then their conversation ends. And then all of a sudden it will cut to the normal scene of uh, the buzzard goes off and uh, Karen goes to check and then Bud's under the blanket and, and scares her. So before that scene happens, she had a conversation with Janet about Lori's going crazy. So of course that was cut out and that's why it's not in the theatrical version either. Now the whole Bud and, uh, and uh, Karen scene, pretty much the dialogue is the same. It's changed a little bit, you know, just saying, look, you know, um, everybody's freaking out, right? They're over on the West Wing, right? And he, he essentially convinces her a lot easier than originally seen in the theatrical version. So a little bit of the dialogue has changed there. And then, of course, she's not nude during this scene. You know, it's just she shows up, you know, in the towel, blah, 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 blah. She gets in there. They cut it real good. Uh, they do make this death a lot better looking because you know how normally Michael Myers had stuck her face in there and then it got burned off. It was real gory. This time it's like the original where you had to use your imagination where she turns around, Michael Myers is there, sticks her head in the water, the scene is done. You know, and then the music kind of builds up and then it ends. So if you had never seen the theatrical version and, and knew how gruesome that scene was, again you get to use your imagination. So I like how they're kind of changing it to be more like the original and get rid of the whole gore factor that a lot of people complained about that part two had versus the part one. 
So then we get to the scene where Jimmy goes into Lori's room where, you know, he's like, I'm not going to let anything happen to you, which we can call BS because obviously you caused something to happen to her. But when she freaked out, so I kind of, you know, that after that whole scene happened, I was just like, oh, I look at that scene a whole lot differently now. But uh, where things start to change a little bit. The dream scene. Now, we all know um, when Lori is asleep, she starts to have uh, memories back. Uh, You see her holding a doll. She opens a door and there's Michael Myers and he just turns around. And then there's a dialogue where she's talking to, like, I'm not your mother. They cut that out. They change this directly to be where, um, you know, don't be angry with me, Michael. You know, I'm your sister. Please don't hurt me. And she realizes that she's Michael Myers' sister in that particular scene. They totally change it around, which is cool because forever as I was a kid, whenever I would watch the theatrical version, I was like, wait a second, she, she, right? why didn't she say, you know, don't hurt me, Michael, I'm your sister. I always forgot that it came from the TV version. And it always sucked that they never put that in the flipping movie. But it kind of makes sense because it's not you're not really supposed to get it until Dr. Loomis goes to the school and then gets the information that, you know, Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' sister. So I kind of get why they got rid of it. But that memory has always stuck with me that she remembers seeing Michael in the sanitarium and saying that I'm your sister, please don't hurt me. You know, I'm your sister, etc., etc. All right, so the next scene that uh, you're normally familiar with is when Michael Myers opens the door, goes into Lori's room, he pulls out a scalpel, he starts to stab the bed, pulls the covers over, and realizes she's not there. They change it up for this particular scene. What they do is Michael Myers walks into the room, and instead of pulling out a scalpel and stabbing, what he does is he uh, grabs his hand, he grabs his sheets, he pulls it back. And then sees that there's pillows and he throws the pillows and then he turns around, slowly walks out and then he turns around and closes the door. So it's not really a big deal. You know, I'm not sure why the MPA thought that they had to get rid of that, but it's still cool though. I kind of dig it the whole just not stabbing anything, but just kind of investigating before he starts to do anything, which was pretty cool. So uh, now the next scene where, uh, you know, normally Jimmy uh, starts to talk to the nurse about, you know, where's Lori, where's everybody at? Uh, they, she adds a difference. I, I forget the nurse's name. It's the blonde one, the one that eventually gets stabbed in the back and she loses her shoes. This is where, uh, she says a new line. She goes, uh, do you think that someone got in? And Jimmy says, who? And she goes, someone. And you could just tell what she's referring to, which they cut out of the original movie. Now, after this scene, Jimmy would go in, see the blood all over the floor, and then he would turn around and crack his head. Guess what? They totally changed this scene. Uh, Jimmy does not fall here. In fact, uh, he has a whole different ending that they decided to do, which is very interesting. So what happens is, is Jimmy starts to walk around while Lori starts to, uh, you know, starts to get out and everything stays the same. The whole like, you know, Michael Myers stabbing the nurse and him chasing after her. The difference is, is when Lori goes outside, she gets inside the car. Normally, Jimmy would have got inside the car, you know, and he's still kind of unconscious and he hits his head against the horn and then Lori has to push his head off. Well, Lori just gets in the car. Jimmy doesn't ever show up. And then eventually Dr. Loomis, the marshal, uh, and uh, and the nurse show up. And Lori just simply gets out of the car. And that whole scene plays out as it normally does. So, again, Jimmy, that anything that happened with Jimmy is cut out. 
Now, the marshal is killed differently than you saw in the theatrical version. Now, if you remember, it was kind of gross after uh, Dr. Loomis shoots Michael. He falls to the ground, and Loomis tells him to get away. If you remember, Michael grabs him and slits his throat with the scalpel. But instead, Michael Myers grabs him, picks him up, turns him around, and stabs him in the back. Uh, it's kind of different. I kind of dig it. It's obviously less gruesome. It's not gory. But it's kind of Michael Myers style to kind of pick a dude up, kind of like reminiscent of part one when he picked up, uh, you know, the boyfriend in the kitchen and put the knife through him. Instead, instead of putting it through his front, he puts it through his back. And then everything at this point pretty much stays the way that you're used to seeing it until you get into the room where Lori shoots the two gunshots to Michael Myers' face. Now, the cool effect, which is on the front cover of this Blu-ray, is where the blood goes and rolls down the, f- the mask after he gets shot in the eyes. He still gets shot in the eyes, but they don't show the blood coming down the mask. Which, seriously, what was the big deal about that? But I guess this is early 80s. It was just considered too hardcore, I guess. So that particular part is cut out. And then when, uh, when Dr. Loomis uh, hits the lighter... That's when you see when the explosion happens, that's when Jimmy has his fall. And then, uh, you know, then you're like, okay, well, that's what happened to Jimmy. So everything stays the same. And then we get to um, something really big. If you notice, there's a few deaths that weren't shown in the TV version, like, you know, the doctor wasn't shown or, uh, you know, Janet's not shown getting, you know, the the needle in the head, Uh, which visually I love that scene where you get Michael Myers coming in the back background like you did in part one uh but they do obviously realize that they cut those scenes out and they change the dialogue of the cop normally when they say you know what's the body count if you remember in the movie they tell you what the body count is and and then he says it could be more instead they change it to where he says don't know yet for sure So they obviously don't want to give you a number because if you're smart enough, you'll go back, figure out, hey, people are missing that I didn't get to see. So that's kind of how they ramify that fact. And then the biggest change of all is the ending. Now, normally, uh, which this was considered the original ending, uh, which you only get to see on the TV version, is uh, Lori's in the back of the ambulance. And then if you remember, they cut a shot to Michael Myers' mass burning and they play Mr. Sandman. Well, instead, a body sits up uh, in the back of the ambulance, but it's Jimmy though. Jimmy just has a thing wrapped around his head and, uh, Lori just starts crying and he's like, what's wrong? And she's like, we made it, you know, we made it. And then they play Mr. Sandman and the movie's over. So as you could tell, there's a lot of different changes that happen in this film. Uh, granted, a lot of it is very little stuff, but I really, really dig it outside of, you know, that one scene that I said, I, I really just don't like, but I'm so glad I saw it because it totally gives a different aspect of things in the film. And obviously that one scene between Karen and Janet wouldn't have worked uh, because you had to have that scene where Jimmy's holding her down to get her knocked out. So here's kind of my overall thought process, uh, thought process of the TV version. I definitely really, really enjoy it. I think the TV version of the extended cut of Halloween, it just makes a masterpiece even better because those added scenes help add so much more to the original John Carpenter movie. But again, uh, you can only see that on that particular DVD. Uh, this TV version, I think, is awesome. I really enjoy it, and I I think it has more suspense in it than it does in the theatrical version. However, the theatrical version, 
you know, especially the the first half of the film is a little bit choppy because of them switching scenes around. So overall, I have to say I think I dig the theatrical version just a tiny bit more than the TV version. But I think that the TV version is well enough to rate at the same rating I have for Halloween 2. Because, you know, Halloween 1, I have John Carpenter's Halloween is my favorite horror movie of all time. And number 2 has always been Halloween 2, which I get crap for. They're like, oh, you think that's better than Scream? I do. I can't help it. I love that movie because, to me, it's a continuation of John Carpenter's Halloween. It has the same feel and vibe to it as John Carpenter's Halloween. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not better, but it has the same same feeling so for me it's the closest i can get to perfection of a halloween movie and then we get halloween h2o so yeah for me halloween 2 is my second favorite horror movie so and i give that four and a half stars you know because the first one i give five and i give halloween 2 four and a half stars i definitely give the tv version the same four and a half stars because it is very solid for all the added stuff it's kind of like more additional character development and I really dig that. So I, I highly recommend that you find this TV version, whether you have to go on YouTube or you just simply go out and you purchase this two discs collector's edition just to get the TV version. Because believe me, it's worth every penny. You have to see this TV version. It's flipping amazing. And uh, going back to all the special features, the documentary is really cool. They have this one where they go to all the locations of uh, things that were filmed in Halloween 2. And believe it or not, the hospital is now a government place. So you're not actually able to step foot on it. Uh, you can kind of just film far away. It kind of reminds me of Area 51. Uh, but it, it was really cool documentary on all the different locations and stuff. But the best thing, though, was the, the Nightmare Isn't Over, the making of Halloween 2. It's about a good 30-minute documentary. And they talk to everybody. You get to see uh, all the care. Not everybody. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis isn't in it, but you have the director, Rick Rosenthal, which surprisingly went to go ahead and make Resurrection. But uh, you have uh, Bud. You get to see what he looks like now. You get to see the nurse that got stabbed. And she talks about how the wires were. She used the Mary Poppins wires to get lifted up. So she would have bruises on her ribcage and stuff. And that's how I found out about Janet. She looks totally different, but she still looks good. So the documentaries are really great. I really dig the the TV and radio spots. The theatrical trailer was cool. The auto commentaries are flipping great. You have an auto commentary with the director and then which also has commentary on the deleted scenes and stuff, which would mostly be uh, the TV version. So really, really good stuff. All right, guys. So I'm going to call it a wrap for my uh, review of Halloween 2 TV uh, edition. Thank you so much for joining me on this very special episode. I do hope you go out and you purchase this so you can see the TV version. I think it's flipping amazing. And uh, again, um, hopefully you will enjoy the Nightmare on Elm Street episode. Um, I'm hoping uh, it uh, – I had to – I mean, I had to work really hard on that episode, man. I'll never again flip and watch like nine movies to do an all series review because that was some that was some crazy hardcore stuff. But again, I hope you uh, will enjoy that episode. Put a lot of hard work into it, and uh, hopefully it pays off. So the next episode, uh, the Terminator was the winner of the vote. 
the voting was against uh, RoboCop versus the Terminator. You guys voted on the Terminator, so that will be the next episode. Again, I'm not 100% sure when that will be coming sometime next week, but I'll give you a heads up on the Facebook page and also on the group. So be on the lookout for that. Get your emails in the Sweep Delay Podcast at Yahoo.com or at STL Podcast at Yahoo.com. I'd uh, love to hear from you. So that is it, guys. Thank you so much. I hope you guys have a great and safe Halloween. Can't wait to take the kids out trick-or-treating. It's going to be some fun time. So you guys take care. Masoon is out.